Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as we are following up a, a pretty disappointing loss and, and a pretty disappointing three-game losing streak that the Nuggets are currently on. They've lost four of their last five. The defense has really gone away, and, and things don't look very good. Things don't feel very good with this Nuggets group right now. Uh, there's a lot of blame being thrown around on Twitter. There's a lot of hate and and a lot of passionate fans that are kind of funneling a lot of their criticisms to Will Barton, who I don't really understand. It's like he, he had 24 points tonight. If you're going to criticize somebody, like it, it probably is okay to criticize somebody else. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Like, I don't think any nugget needs to be criticized for their offense right now. Like, the, the problems are on the defensive ends, and, and we'll we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but first, I got I got a couple of fun things that that I have planned, kind of in the background. Uh, just just keep your eye out on on those. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and and Spotify, uh, wherever you get the podcast that you're currently listening to. Greatly appreciate every one of you. Uh, first segment, going to do two of them today. First segment, going to just recap this Nuggets-Bucks game because there are a lot of interesting things that went on during this one. Uh, second segment, we're going to talk about the breaking point because I think that's where the Nuggets currently are. Uh, it certainly feels that way given the, the frustrations are boiling over in a lot of cases, and I think that it's pretty visible that this team needs some sort of shakeup. So... Let's get into this Nuggets-Bucks recap. Um, starting with the first quarter, this was a really good quarter for Denver from an offensive perspective. Uh, defensively, it, it wasn't great, but the Bucks also hit a lot of shots, a lot of contested looks, and you just kind of got to tip your cap to them that they're a really good offensive team. They're the best offense in the NBA for a reason, and, and they made mostly difficult shots. Uh, Will Barton started this game off really well. He had 10 points in the first in the first quarter, 10 points in the second quarter, 20 points in the first half. Really, really good stuff from him. Uh, he was aggressive to the rim. He walked into clean and, and repeatable shots that they didn't really drop in the second half, and maybe that's one of the reasons why Denver fell behind. But uh, Barton really helped the Nuggets get off to a really strong start, and he deserves credit for that. Uh, Paul Millsap, he played really solid defense for most of this game against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis actually was below his usual level of efficiency in this one, and I think that that's important to note, that Paul Millsap, despite being 35, despite 
having a lot of questions about his his mobility and his ability to impact, his ability to play defense against guys. Uh, Giannis only shot 11 of 23. He just happened to go two of five from the th- from the three point line tonight, and six of eight from the f- from the free throw line. So he had good shooting splits, but around the rim, Paul Millsap did a really good job against him. It was actually Jamichael Green, uh, Nikola Jokic, more who who struggled with him on the on the interior. So credit where credit is due. Paul Millsap, nice job on him. Uh, Denver did score that big that big number in the first quarter with forty two points. Uh, Milwaukee had 37 of their own, but good start from Denver. Uh, Jokic and Murray played that entire first quarter, but in the second quarter, defense tightened up on both sides. Shots stopped falling for both teams. Denver lost that second that second quarter, 22 to 20. If it wasn't for Will Barton, who had 10 of those 20 points in the second quarter, uh, Denver would be losing by a lot more. Uh, he did a great job. Denver went with a nine-man rotation tonight. Barton was the starter that rotated with that bench unit. You had Barton, Monte Morris, R.J. Hampton, Vlatko Chanchar, and Jamichael Green. Uh, Vlatko played six minutes. He was fine. He didn't really mess up, but he didn't necessarily add anything to the group either. I think that's important to note. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that the Nuggets haven't gone to Zeke Naji yet. Kind of surprised that they haven't gone back to Bull Bull who in a game like this where the athletes are are abound and Giannis is usually dominant in terms of what he provides from an athletic perspective. Chris Middleton at 6'8 is very athletic and, and does many things that Denver can't handle. Um, that's kind of an issue. And and Vlaco, though he was fine, it it I just I'm surprised that Denver didn't go with one of their young guns. Maybe that changes next game. Um Again, Barton kept them in it, but they needed more from the bench. Uh, Monte Morris was fine. Subpar performance from Jamichael Green on both ends tonight. Uh, started really in the second quarter, where it just didn't really feel like he had anything going. Only two rebounds tonight in 17 minutes. Uh, RJ Hampton had seven rebounds, and I think that that's something that has really helped the Nuggets out a lot. They lost that rebounding battle 50-38, to 38, but R.J. Hampton wasn't the reason why. He, uh, I thought that that was probably the biggest reason, other than Barton, why Denver's bench stayed in it, was because they had good production from R.J. Hampton. He didn't make mistakes. Uh, he moved the ball pretty well, and he even hit a three in that, I think it was the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter. But uh, overall, Denver had a pretty decent first half against the... Uh, against a really good Bucks team that I think deserves a lot of respect based off of what they've been able to do. Um, Denver was up by three points heading into that third quarter. They lost the third quarter by eight, which put them at a deficit in that third, and then they kind of let go of the rope again in the fourth quarter, losing that one by eight. Um, The quarter kind of started off with two incredibly awful turnovers by Michael Porter Jr. And it was going to be a big question as to whether he could recover from that. And I thought he did recover. He had some solid defensive possessions and rebounds after that. He had a really incredible contest on Brooke Lopez on kind of a free throw line layup uh, that that Porter kind of bothered and, and really changed the trajectory of. Those possessions are too few and far between, though, where Porter's really making a visible visible impact 
at the position that he's playing right now. So I'm a little bit concerned. I don't know how Denver's going to solve this with as many injuries as they have right now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. probably should be playing the four a little bit more than he is. Uh, didn't really play it a lot tonight. Uh, there were three missed wide-open layups in a row by Murray, Jokic, and MPJ, respectively. That had a really ominous tone to it. Those those layups were wide open, and any one of them goes down, and Denver's doing okay. But none of the three went down. Visible shakenness by Denver in that in that particular position, and Brooke Lopez comes down, hits a three-pointer on the other end in response to that. Uh, it was a really bad, bad sign. Uh, the defense fell apart. Denver began losing players under the rim, as well as behind the three-point line again. Milwaukee shot 40% from three in this game. Uh, Denver did a pretty good job other than that for, for most of the time, but unfortunately they weren't able to turn the bucks over that much. They got out-rebounded. Out they gave up 11 offensive rebounds and had some second-chance points. And that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, fourth quarter, Denver goes into it down five points, and they quickly go down eight to ten and then 11 points uh, with Jokic on the bench, basically. Uh, he comes back in, but any time Denver tried to come back, the Bucks had a really capable answer offensively. Uh, Middleton and Giannis were very dominant against Denver physically, size-wise. They made tough shots, turned some tough ones into easy ones. Uh, Middleton in particular, against Will Barton, that was the matchup that really hurt the Nuggets in this in this sequence, where Middleton was kind of able to get whatever shot he wanted against a smaller, shorter player. And Denver really just needs that big wing. They need somebody who they can throw on Chris Middleton or Luka Doncic or LeBron or Kawhi or any of the elite wings out there. They don't have that guy, and, and you would hope that Porter could fill that role at times, but the Nuggets weren't comfortable with putting Porter on Middleton. They had Porter on Dante DiVincenzo and Bryn Forbes for most of this game. And and when Porter was on Middleton, Middleton mostly took advantage. So it's pretty clear that Denver doesn't have an answer for those guys, and it's pretty clear that Denver isn't going to get anywhere unless they find an answer there. So... Even though they had that problem on the defensive end, Denver still couldn't come back offensively. They, they, they had the opportunities to as well. Uh, but anytime the Bucks didn't have that good offensive possessions, the, the Nuggets would come close and then they would make a mistake to widen the gap again. Uh, Barton had a really egregious turnover. Porter had a really egregious shot attempt that Jokic visibly slumped and yelled at him for most of the ensuing defensive possession. Porter also allowed Dante DiVincenzo to back cut behind his head for an easy layup at a really, really bad time. Uh, Millsap turned the ball over. Nuggets were down eight with two minutes to go. They were on a fast break. Middle, or Millsap tries to dribble past Dante DiVincenzo, and Dante just rips him. Uh, takes the ball right away from him. Uh, Millsap should not be handling the ball in transition, and I can't believe I have to say this again, but every time it does, it just feels like it's a turnover or a missed layup at the rim uh, for Denver, and and that's an issue. Um, but yeah, this this game it was it was a a test of hopelessness a lot of the time because Denver tried. This wasn't a game where they lacked effort. 
they just couldn't come back. They just didn't have the the tools necessary to come back. And I didn't even mention this at all, but Jokic, 35 points, 12 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 0 turnovers. And he was a minus 2. Denver just couldn't figure out a way to string together defensive stops against this dominant Milwaukee Bucks offense. And they didn't have the defensive personnel to really make it happen. Um, That's a problem. And it just sort of shows where Denver is right now, where they're at, and they're just not an elite team. They have a good net rating in a lot of these cases, but the more more games that they lose, uh, the, the worse that net rating is going to get. So it's tough. Denver's in a really bad position right now. And there's a a visible frustration with everybody. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on with Denver, why they can't string together stops, and how they can fix some things. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Uh, Let's talk about this breaking point because it certainly feels that way. Um, The frustration is visible. It's palpable throughout the team. Uh, Post-game press conferences were abound with frustration. Uh, Michael Malone, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, they were all pissed. They were all very visibly frustrated. And it's unsurprising that They're in this position where they're trying and they're doing the best that they can to make these wins happen, to get the team back on track. They're trying to go about it the right way, but for Barton, uh, actually for for Malone, the defense just isn't good enough. And and it's really not. Like I, I tend to agree with him on this point, that Denver isn't going to get anywhere unless they get out of the top 20, uh, or unless they get into the top 20 defensively. Uh, we were seeing things like this in the 2016-17 season and also the 2017-2018 season where Denver just they couldn't find a way to defend and match their elite offense that they had because of what Jokic was able to do on a consistent basis. Denver's defensive personnel is not good. Uh, Jamal Murray is not a great defender. He's a solid defender. He's fine, uh, good in a system has done a good job of improving post-defense and making reads and things, but he's not an incredibly all-encompassing, impactful defender. Will Barton, same thing. Good as a two-guard. He does a good job when he's focused, when he's locked in. Uh, When he's a three, it's a problem. And if there is a three that, that can take advantage of that size mismatch, like a Chris Middleton, like a LeBron, like a Kawhi, it's a it's a hopeless prospect uh, trying to find defensive stops. 
Michael Porter, yeah, uh, that's a problem. He's a, he is a problem defensively. He made some good plays tonight, but he a lot of times kind of uh, kind of negated that with with some bad ones. He got back cut on several possessions. Uh, when Dante Divincenzo is is the guy that he's guarding, he has to know that Divincenzo is either going to shoot a three or cut, and it's it's one of the easier defensive assignments that Porter is going to get. And he looked like he was lost out there. Uh, Millsap, there are certain games in which he looks pretty good, and he looked pretty good tonight, I thought. There were definitely some moments of struggle, but overall, did a really good job against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, that's the two-time MVP of the league, the reigning two-time MVP. Like, hard for me to blame Paul Millsap for, for tonight's game, let's be honest. He even played 31 minutes tonight. This is one of the the rare times that Paul Millsap actually played in a fourth quarter. He very rarely does that, and for good reason. He's probably not at a stage in his career where he can play 25-30 minutes consistently. Actually, I know, he's not. But I didn't think he was the problem tonight. It's just when Denver is facing a stretch four, when they're they're facing a guy that's 6'8", 6'9", has a 40% three-point shot, can take somebody off the dribble. That's an issue. Uh... Against Giannis, against a physical guy, he was okay. Jokic, definitely the best defender in that group right now, and he does a lot of good things, but the one thing he doesn't do is protect the rim. Denver's giving up the highest percentage of looks, or the the highest field goal percentage allowed on looks inside the restricted area this year. That number definitely didn't go down, and it's pretty bad. Uh... Denver doesn't allow a lot of those looks, and that's almost as important as the actual field goal percentage itself. However, it's still not great. Denver being ranked 30th in field goal percentage against in the restricted area, not great. They have to find somebody who can help protect the rim next to Jokic. It was supposed to be Porter. Porter started the season by averaging several blocks. By average, not, not several blocks, but... I think he averaged 1.5 blocks per game when he was a starter in those first four games before going out due to health and safety protocols. Paul Millsap, he's not going to block a lot of shots, though he did block three tonight. That's another thing that I'm trying to say, that he, he had a good game. Denver just couldn't really do anything about it. And when they sell out too much to protect the rim, that leaves them vulnerable to the three-point shot and to mid-range. Because one of the things that Jokic can't do when he's playing drop coverage is he has a really tough time contesting those shots at the free throw line, contesting those shots like a Rashawn Holmes push shot or a dribble pull up from a two guard or three guard or a, a, a small forward or something like that. He has a really tough time contesting those shots if the guy who's trailing said player isn't able to contest it themselves. And Denver's guards and forwards, they struggle to contest in situations like that. So, Denver's at a disadvantage defensively. They're at a really, really tough spot. And facing the number one offense in the NBA, with specific players that really hurt them in a lot of different cases. Uh, Bryn Forbes, 3 of 6 from 3. Dante DiVincenzo, 3 of 6 from 3. Brooke Lopez, 2 of 4 from 3. He played really well tonight, too. Uh, Chris Middleton, 
0 of 5 from 3, but he was 9 of 14, or no, 9 of 11 inside the three-point line, and 11 of 11 from the free-throw line. He was absolutely dominant. He had 12 assists, 3 turnovers, like 29 points. Like, he was the reason that, that Denver lost this game, was the way that Chris Middleton was able to kick it into gear, and the fact that Denver just didn't have a physical answer for a player like that. And that's not anybody's fault, except p- probably the front office in all, in all likelihood. Uh, Denver doesn't have a guy that they can trust to put on Chris Middleton, that they can trust to put on Kawhi. And it's something that I've stressed ever since Jeremy Grant left, that this was going to be an issue. And it has been an issue. It is one of the reasons why Denver cannot close games, because... A lot of those really big players, those good players, those technically sound wings that are bigger than Will Barton, they are killing Denver over and over and over again. And the Nuggets don't have a response. They don't have a plan B. They can't respond. They have to be ahead going in those situations, and they've lost ground in every third quarter in the past, like, a million games. So this team's in a really tough spot, and the frustration is clearly visible from everybody on Denver's side. Michael Malone, he has no, like, he says that they they have to defend. Well, it's really hard to defend Chris Middleton with Will Barton. It's really hard to defend Chris Middleton with Michael Porter Jr. That's a front office problem. That's a they weren't they haven't been able to put themselves in a position where they can defend those guys where they can close those gaps and there are more and more teams who are getting big wings like that that are going to be incredibly impactful against the Denver Nuggets hell the Phoenix Suns who Denver managed to win two games in a row by the skin of their teeth they also have Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson like Those are not big names that you're thinking of, but they're names that Denver really struggled with because they didn't have the size and the defensive length to really match up with them. That's a problem, and Denver has to fix it. That is the only way that they are going to win a championship this year. And frankly, I don't know if they're ready to win a championship even if they do. The way that they're playing, the way that the heads are slumped right now, Michael Porter Jr. just doesn't look fully there, like he's, he's in his own head for most of this time, that's an issue. Nikola Jokic is clearly very frustrated. He's frustrated with Michael Porter Jr. He, I asked him about that today in the post game, and he basically said, oh, no, it's, it's not quite like that. I just thought that it was a bad shot, and I let him know that it was a bad shot. Jokic has to be better about that, though. Because for a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who's just trying to find his way and wants to do everything he can to contribute to this Nuggets team, that's probably not the way to get through to him. I don't know what the way to get through to him is. Maybe it is yelling. Maybe it is telling him, hey, this isn't going to fly. You can't do that. And frankly, I I sort of agree, especially with the shot attempt that he had in the fourth quarter. He cannot do that. There, those are egregious mistakes that if you're trying to win a championship, then they can't happen. 
Jamal Murray, very frustrated as well. He shot four of 17 from the field today, one of seven from three, only had three rebounds. This was one of his worst games of the season. And frankly, I don't blame him for this one because, again, he's been banged up. He's been coming off of a bunch of injuries. I know what he can do when he's healthy, fully engaged, and ready to go. The fact is, though, is that he's not. He's not healthy. He's not ready to go. And I think that's as, just as frustrating to him as it is to everybody else. And he was clearly showing it tonight. He was frustrated in that postgame presser. I asked him about the defensive identity, the, t- the team identity of being resilient. And he's flat out said, I don't want to be resilient anymore. I want to be the team that punches first. I respectfully, I, I sort of disagree with him on that because right now Denver just needs resilience. They need to fight through this. They need to get through what, what's a sucky time right now to try to play basketball and win games with as many injuries as there are. And with the way the third quarters and fourth quarters are going right now, they need a little bit of resilience. They need a little bit of fight in those circumstances. I hope they can put it together. I hope Murray can find his footing again. Uh, he needs a game where he dominates more than anybody, honestly. He's got to see the ball go through the net, or he's got to sit down. He's got to just take a couple weeks off because Denver's in a really tough position where they need him so badly, especially without the guards that they have normally at their disposal. When they're fully healthy, though, they don't need him in the, in the regular season. They can win games with Monte Morris starting and Facundo Campazzo as the backup point guard. They can find ways to make it work. Will they make it work? I don't know. I don't know when players are going to be back. I, th- I think Campazzo was going to play tonight, but Michael Malone decided to hold him out. Uh, Denver needs that jolt of energy that Campazzo could provide, uh, but they need a jolt of energy from somewhere. And I think Denver has really missed Campazzo uh, and, and his, his energy, uh, PJ Dozier's energy and hustle, Gary Harris's energy and defensive awareness and intensity on that end. Uh, those are three of their best perimeter defenders. Uh, PJ, probably more than anybody. And and that's just a, it's a really tough spot to really have to defend on the perimeter. They have a lot of injuries, but that's just not how it's going to go. Like, like they, they have to figure out a way to survive without those guys. When it gets, when they get back, it'll be a little bit easier to kind of figure everything out. But for now, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen. Uh, and then Porter. Uh, Porter is clearly frustrated as well, and for good reason. He's in a really tough spot where he has to do his best to fit in. He has to do his best to keep the ball moving, understand that it's going to come back to him in the flow of the offense. Taking shots out of the rhythm of the offense when Denver's in a really tough position, when uh when they need a bucket and, and he decides that it's going to be his turn to get that bucket, that's just not how this team is wired, and he needs to rewire himself too. That is something that I will say, is that those shots in that moment are selfish, and he wants to contribute in the best way that he can, and he feels that that's the best way that he can. Those shots in that moment are not going to get it done. And... I think that he needs to be held accountable for that. 
while also acknowledging that he can get better and he should play and he has to continue to play. Because he's not going to be able to iron that out of his system, be able to find the flow of the offense, until it happens. Denver is always going to be Jokic and Murray offense until Porter breaks into it. And Porter's not going to break into it by just jacking up his own shots. That's not how this happens. That's not how this works. They're going to start running some sets for him a little bit more frequently once he earns them. If he can't defend and if he can't play within the offense and it results in nights where he goes three of nine from the field, did grab seven rebounds and had two assists, a steal, and a block. So he did some of the other things that you like to see from him. But if the shot isn't going in and he still makes constant mistakes on the defensive end that result in killer buckets for the Bucks or for any other de- for any other team, it's really hard for Michael Malone to watch that, to see that and say, I know that this isn't the way that we win games right now, but I have to stick with it. No, he's going to be reactive. And frankly, I understand why he's going to be reactive in those situations, because the team will will lose respect for Michael Malone as a coach if he doesn't force Michael Porter Jr. to earn those opportunities, to earn those minutes with good play. He did earn those minutes with good play against the Phoenix Suns when he came back, when he closed both games, I believe, or at least the uh, at least the second Suns game. And then when he played well against the Dallas Mavericks, he played well on both ends of the floor, had some really good defensive possessions, and also had 30 points, including hitting a game-dagger shot. It looked like he was back. But he has oscillated from that version of him, where he's locked in defensively, knows where he needs to be, makes defensive plays, and makes shots. And he's oscillated between that version of himself and the one that we've been seeing over the last few games, where he doesn't know where to go, where he doesn't understand how he has to impact the game defensively, and where he hijacks the offensive a little bit and takes shots out of rhythm. Nikola Jokic will find Michael Porter Jr. He will find him in rhythm. If Michael Porter Jr. continues to justify that he deserves those shots in rhythm, and it really hurts his case to play more when he ignores what what Nikola Jokic, the MVP currently, the best player in the NBA currently, if he ignores Nikola Jokic and what he wants to do, and instead takes his own shot, that is selfish, and it's completely detrimental to the team. The Nuggets have to figure this thing out, and they have to be patient with Porter, but Porter has to meet them halfway. He has to understand that his opportunities will come if he continues to play the right way. He has to commit on the defensive end. He has to stop making these egregious mistakes. That comes with playing more. And it comes with trust from Michael Malone, but he also has to earn that trust. And they can't have it both ways. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in on this Tuesday. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. 
if you've gotten through this point of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and, and do all those great things. And make sure to visit denverskiffs.com. I'll have up a stat of the week on Tuesday, most likely about the third quarter, because I think these numbers are pretty egregious and you're going to want to see them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.